What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Kicking It with Clump podcast. I hope you all enjoyed your Super Bowl weekend. I know I did. Lots of good company, good food, great game. A halftime show that was actually really good. I can't think of a better way to cap off just an absolutely amazing season of football. We really had a treat this year. It was great. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and you enjoy the show, be sure to give me a five-star rating, share it with your friends, and tap the follow button so new episodes will pop up into your feed every week. I appreciate all of you who have already done so, and even if you haven't, I still appreciate you just for listening. Without further ado, let's get into this Super Bowl. This game was about heart and overcoming adversity. There's an old saying, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Maybe you may think it's cheesy. I, I think it's awesome. It's true. Uh, but those who are tough were at one point not tough, right? Through continued adversity, they became seasoned. Pressure and hardships became normal for them. But for those who persevere, eventually they come out the other end better for having been challenged. Because at some point, all of us will have our backs against a wall. And we'll have a choice whether we'll fight back or give up. For those who have been tried and tested before, they'll be relentless. It doesn't matter how unfair the situation may seem to them. They're going to give it their all until the fight is over. The last 10 Super Bowl winning quarterbacks in order, and it's not 10 different quarterbacks, it's just the last 10 quarterbacks. Um, They would be 10 different quarterbacks if it wasn't for Tom Brady. (laughs) But anyway, uh, Matt Stafford played with the Lions for 12 years. Tom Brady. Uh, Struggled to start it in college. Sixth round pick. Not all the physical qualities. Doubted the whole way. Patrick Mahomes went to Texas Tech where he went 13 and 19 over three seasons. Not surrounded by elite talent. Had lots of doubters coming into the league. Tom Brady again. Nick Foles, Arizona. Not a football power. Not even the starter for his own team that year. Then Tom Brady again. Jeez, Tom Brady's on this list a lot. Then Peyton Manning. Okay, Peyton Manning, first overall pick, went to a, you know, kind of a national power in Tennessee in the SEC. But he was coming back from a neck injury, suffering an embarrassing loss to the Seahawks the previous season, and getting released from the Colts a few years prior. Serious adversity that Peyton had gone through. Then Tom Brady again. Russell Wilson. Wisconsin. Wisconsin's kind of like right in between. Like they're kind of a power, but they're not like a national power that competes for national titles. They're just, I think it's the, I don't know if it's demographic, whatever it may be. Um, they just aren't necessarily a national power. But with Russell Wilson, it's more so him. He's too small. Had to transfer to Wisconsin because NC State, where he was previously, started Mike Glennon over him. Joe Flacco went to Delaware. I mean, need I say more? 
There's, I, he wasn't surrounded by elite talent at Delaware. There's a reason quarterbacks from the biggest, most talented programs often struggle in the NFL. It's because they didn't have to fight through as much adversity in college. Matt Leinart, USC. I'm a USC fan. It pains me to say it, but he was not good in the NFL, and he was phenomenal in college. Vince Young, same thing. Texas. Jamarcus Russell, LSU. Dwayne Haskins, Ohio State. This doesn't mean that all quarterbacks from big big programs are bad. Joe Burrow went to LSU. But Joe Burrow had to transfer from Ohio State to even have the opportunity to start. He was doubted from the beginning. He was on no one's radar going into his Heisman year. And he overcame adversity. Stafford went to Georgia, which is obviously a national power. But he spent 12 years with arguably the worst franchise, not just in the NFL, but potentially in professional sports. The Detroit Lions are absolutely horrible. They haven't been good my whole life. They've had decent years, but that was mostly because of Stafford. On Sunday night, the Rams could not run the football. They had 43 yards on 23 attempts. That's really bad. OBJ was out for the game before halftime, and he was playing really well. Robert Woods has been out since early in the season. Tight end Tyler Higby was out for the game, didn't, even, didn't play a snap. After going up 13-3, to with 12.51 to go in the second quarter, the Rams only managed three points for the next 40-ish minutes of gameplay. That's almost three quarters with no more than a field goal. The Rams' previous five possessions, leading up to that game-winning drive, ended with an interception, field goal, three and out, three and out, three and out. Credit to the Bengals' defense. The Rams could not move the ball. That was the predicament the Rams were in when Stafford took the field with just over five minutes to play. First play, nine-yard completion. Second play, incomplete. Third play, couldn't convert third and one on the ground. Typical for the day. They could not run the ball. Fourth play, well, unless it's Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup, end around. Couldn't run it up the middle. Give it to, give it to Coop. Let him run around. First down. Fifth play, incomplete. Sixth play, eight-yard completion to Cup. Seventh play, first down completion to the tight end. So already right now, they're moving the ball significantly more than they really had the previous 40 minutes. Seventh play, first down completion to the tight end. I don't even know his name. I think it's the third string tight end. Eighth play, two-yard completion to Cam Akers in the flat. Ninth play, if you don't remember this play or you remember it and didn't notice... This no-look dime to Coop, to Cooper Cup over the middle of the field, the difficulty level of this throw is through the roof. Looking off the safety is one thing, and that's pretty basic. Every NFL quarterback does it. But looking him off while throwing to someone else, if you can, if you can find an angle of that throw from behind Stafford, so you're kind of seeing what he's seeing, he is watching one receiver which pulls the safety 
to the, if you're watching, again, if you're watching the video, pulls the safety to Stafford's right, and then he throws to Cup to the safety's left, but the safety already had his momentum going to the right, so he couldn't get there. So he's looking off the safety, looking at one receiver, while he's throwing to Cup across the middle of the field. In traffic. Like, that's just filthy. We all talk about Mahomes' no-look throws, and rightfully so, but Stafford's been doing it for a long time. He was just doing it in Detroit, and nobody cared. Tenth play. Eight-yard completion to Cup again. Eleventh play. First down run by Akers. Honestly, one of the best runs of the night for L.A. Twelfth play. Missed throw to Jefferson. No way around it. This was a bad throw. Stafford overthrew him by a mile. When I was watching it, I was... I was Honestly, shocked. I, I That was a layup for Stafford. And he overthrew him by a lot. It was it was pretty bad. Uh, but again, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And that's exactly what Stafford did. Short memory. This is something we can learn from professional athletes, elite professional athletes. If you personally... Don't take anything away from anything else away from this in your personal life. Learn from his short memory. We, I mean, I hold things against myself for days, months, years. Stafford had to let go of that throw within seconds, or his psyche would have just been all messed up. It's 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 remarkable what these elite professional athletes are able to do the short memory that they have. They make a bad play and they got to come back and make a good one. And that's exactly what he did. Not the next play. Incomplete to Henderson over the middle. Incomplete again to Cup over the middle. Um, so that's three completion, incompletions in a row. Luckily, um, not luckily, I mean, Cup beat Logan Wilson. Um, some people call it controversial. Whatever you want to call it, I don't care. Um, the Bengals got, also got a free touchdown to T. Higgins on a clear no-call pass interference. Can't blame the officials. It is what it is. Um, either way, Stafford's now thrown three incompletions in a row before throwing just an absolute awesome TD throw to Cup, rolling out of the pocket. Great throw. But it was called back for offset penalties. Um, so Stafford actually really threw two game-winning interceptions. or Not interceptions. <laughs> Yeah, game-winning interceptions. That'd be interesting. Um, two game-winning touchdowns. Um, one of them just happened to get called back. So imagine that. Again, three incompletions in a row. He finally gets that TD pass, and it gets called back. Mentally, just like try and put yourself in Matt Stafford's head. This is the biggest game in American sports, and he hasn't played particularly well ever since OBJ went down. So he finally throws this touchdown and it gets called back. 16th play. Incomplete to Cup. Another penalty called, though. Fresh set of downs. 17th play. QB sneak on the one-yard line. No good. Stuff. Not even... Didn't get the ball anywhere. And then on the 18th play, um, forgetting everything else that had happened that day, a beautiful back shoulder TD to Cup. 18 plays. Penalties, chaos, touchdown called back, almost three quarters without a touchdown, and Stafford was just simply not phased. 
I'm hearing so many people in the media drilling Stafford this week for not having a great game. Like he shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. Like this shouldn't get him into the Hall of Fame because he didn't play well. Why? Brady didn't always play his best games in the Super Bowl. He threw a pick six against the Falcons in the Super Bowl. Is that what we remember from that game? I'm guessing most people listening don't even remember that pick six. I didn't. I had to look up the box score. We remember the comeback. We remember 28-3 coming all the way back and winning the game. No one remembers the pick six. Patrick Mahomes threw two interceptions against the Niners in the Super Bowl and was outplayed by Jimmy G for three quarters. Do we remember the two interceptions or the 21 unanswered points? In less than four minutes. We remember Patrick's brilliance in the fourth quarter. Why would we hold two interceptions against Stafford when he carried his team to a game-winning touchdown? I don't care what happens in the first three quarters. If that was all that mattered, Matt Ryan would have a ring. So would Jimmy G. Regardless of how a guy has played in a game, I want to see your grit at the end of the game. Here's a reminder of the Rams' previous five drives, in case you missed it the first time. Interception, field goal, three and out, three and out, three and out. And then to go and do that, a no-look pass across the middle of the field. Do we, do we really understand the balls it takes to make that throw? I certainly don't. The back shoulder TD to cup after having a TD Pass called back three plays earlier and a failed QB sneak at the one-yard line. The mental toughness required in that situation is next-level Hall of Fame type stuff. Stuff you only learn through adversity. Stuff you learn through 12 years getting hit and coming from behind in Detroit. 12 years of frequent coaching changes mediocre to poor supporting casts and learning to fight through it. Is it any surprise that a guy like that goes to a team with actual talent and gets a ring in his first season? When the going gets tough, the tough get going. And Matt Stafford, I salute you. Um, Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald, absolute studs. I could have focused my attention on these guys, but they're getting enough love in the media right now, and I felt the need to promote just how absolutely brilliant Matt Stafford was at the end of that game, because that's what he was—brilliant. If you can't see it, if you can't see that, that's a you problem. Uh, other takeaways from the game: If the Bengals can't figure out the offensive line, Burrow is going to be out of the league by year five or six. Just like Andrew Luck. The the Colts wasted their time with Andrew Luck. They could not put a good offensive line around him, and he just got hit time after time after time. That being said, um, I think Burrow gets he gets down better. Um, he, he's learned that. And Andrew Luck, I, I don't think, ever really learned that. As smart as he was, he, he was just so physical. He was so big and so strong. Um, he just took a lot of hits. Some of them his offensive line's fault. Some of them his own fault. 
either way, he never had great offensive lines and he was gone. I don't know how many years he played, but it was definitely cut significantly short. No one thought Andrew Luck was retiring that early. And I could see that happening to Burrow. He, he, I mean, to be sacked seven times in the Super Bowl and really, I mean, still have a chance to win the game. I mean, they, they had a chance right there at the end to come back and win it. Um, it's it's pretty remarkable what, what the Bengals were able to do considering how many times he got sacked in the playoffs, not just in this game, obviously. Uh, Aaron Donald made one of the Bengals' guards look like a child. It, it was absurd. He just... He just put his head down and blasted that guard into the backfield and and got right to Burrow. It was, I would not want to block Aaron Donald. I'm not saying that the Bengals guard is just terrible, although he, they did not have a good, that line just did not have a good game. Um, but I'm putting more credit on Aaron Donald right there. That was just a an incredible play. Um, all that being said, the Bengals have a ton of cap space to figure this out. If they can do it, they have a bunch of pieces in place. Quarterback, check. Running back, check. Wide receivers, check. Defensive line, check. Linebackers, check. Secondary could use some help still, but much improved. Um, they, I thought they, they played incredible this postseason. Kicker, check. So draft a couple offensive linemen and a solid DB. There, there aren't a ton of holes. Uh, I'm sure they could use some more depth, but um, as long as this this current roster stays healthy with a couple of pieces on the offensive line, um, they're going to be a force, which is really scary if if you're in the AFC, because um, there's already, you know, Mahomes and the Chiefs, um, Josh Allen and the Bills, Herbert and the Chargers. Um, just so many, so many good quarterbacks and young quarterbacks in the AFC. Uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be fun to watch that conference for quite a while. Um, so if I'm the Bengals, pick someone up in free agency, whatever it takes. Um, if it, if you can't find them in the draft, get them in free agency like the Rams did. Whatever it takes to protect their most important asset, Joe Burrow. So I mean, I'm I, I'm I'm. Sad for the Bengals, but but not not sad at the same time because if if of these two teams, the Bengals are young. Um, they have a great chance of getting back here again. Um, the Rams are more of an aging team. Um, they put it together to win right now. Uh, I'm not saying they can't get back again next year. They absolutely could, um, but their window of opportunity is smaller than the Bengals. Um, if again, if they can protect Burrow. That window of opportunity for the Bengals is 10, 15 years. So um, they definitely found their quarterback. On the Rams side, I'm just, I'm really happy for Aaron Donald. He's just a professional. Um, he's dominated for years now. Um, happy that he, that he got a ring. Cooper Cup, obviously. One of the all-time great sing, uh, single seasons of, of all time. Um, just, just a remarkable season, and he deserved he deserved that MP, that MVP. Um, all that love I just gave to Stafford, um, you know, he came in clutch when it matters. Um, but I, I I still think Cooper Cup deserved that MVP. Him or Aaron Donald. Um, OBJ, happy for him. 
Um, people were writing him off in in Cleveland. I think every time OBJ gets a catch or a touchdown, it's really damning to Baker Mayfield um, and that offensive staff in general because um, he played really well for the Rams. Sean McVay, obviously happy for him. Um, I don't know how you can be that successful, that young. Just a brilliant dude. Happy for him. Um, I, I, I'll be honest. I mean, I was I was initially a little upset at the end of the game because I was I was pulling for a last second TD pass from Burrow to win the game. Um, n- not that I was necessarily like rooting for the Bengals over the Rams. I I kind of was because I guess everyone loves a you know an underdog story. But if if the if the roles were were switched and Burrow threw a touchdown with a minute thirty left. And then Stafford and the Rams got the ball. I would have been rooting for the Rams to drive down because a last-second touchdown pass to win a game in the Super Bowl—you just can't beat it. Um, it was a little anticlimactic, you know, getting pressured, um, throwing it away on the last play of the game. Um, I wasn't thrilled about it, but either way, the Rams—the Rams deserve every bit of this win. Um, they were the better team. Uh, on paper, and just the better team on Sunday. Um, they deserve the win. Management went hard in free agency, and it paid off. Good for the Rams, and good for the city of L.A. That does it for today's episode of the Kicking It With Clump podcast. Thank you for listening. You can expect new episodes every Tuesday morning, with the exception of this week because of Valentine's Day. I had to take care of the messes. I'll be popping into your feed next week to catch up on the NBA season. I know I promised that this episode, but scheduling just didn't work out with my buddies. So we'll be here to discuss some of the latest news, including the James Harden, Ben Simmons trade, and to give our top five NBA title contenders so far this season. Until next week, clump out.